we tried to show a video in the previous service. We can't show videos in here. But I did run across this very interesting video on Facebook this past week as I was getting ready for um, sermon, uh, this sermon and prep- preparing for today. Now, I-, I don't get my sermons from Facebook, but every now and again, every now and then, you get a wonderful little image from Facebook. And as I was listening to Amy talk about the, good, the, the psalmist and the idea of, of the Lord being our shepherd, there's this crazy little video it's not very long and if you run across it on facebook i encourage you if you have not already seen it to watch it it is brilliant it has this guy a young boy and he's got his hands on something that's in a ditch not a big ditch i'm talking inches in 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 width but pretty deep like they're digging a, a trench for some for a pipeline or water line or something but anyway, there's something white in this ditch, and he's got his hands on it. And then he has to take some kind of tool out, like a lasso, and he puts it over this white thing and begins to pull and pull and pull. And finally, it begins to come out of the ditch, and it's a sheep. And the sheep, after being released from this trench, kind of staggers around and gains its footing and jumps over the trench and begins to run alongside of the trench and then just dives way up in the air and head first back into the trench where it is stuck again. Now that is incredible. And it's even really incredible when we begin to think that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Let that Linger for a moment. The psalmist, the psalmist sees himself as a sheep, not the brightest of animals, who runs and jumps into trenches and ditches and gets himself stuck time and time again. The Lord anoints my head with oil after diving into a trench time and time again. If we let this sink in, if we take ownership, if we place stock in the words of the psalmist and we claim as as the psalms as part of our faith, then we too can begin to think and begin to see and begin to identify ourselves as the sheep, not the brightest animals around, not the strongest or the fastest, left to their own devices, they would not last long in the wild. They require other sheep. They require company. They require that. They require a shepherd, someone to take care of them, to lead them, to bail them out of trouble time and time again someone to nurse them, someone to block water to let them drink from a still pool, someone to show them how to get out of a ditch, out of a trench, the side of a cliff, away from danger, the world's predators. The psalmist sees himself as one of these creatures and invites us 
to that same identity. The good news is that we have a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters, makes me lie down in green pastures. This is our Lord. This is our God. And this is our shepherd. So no matter, no matter how many times we dive into a trench, get ourselves into a predicament that we ourselves cannot get out of, we have a Lord and a good shepherd who comes along and pulls us out, rescues us, saves us, and nurtures us. Today is an interesting day in the, in the lectionary readings. For weeks we've been talking about these resurrection experiences of Jesus Christ to His disciples and those who follow Him. We find Him offering an uninvited peace in that locked room with the disciples on that first day. We find Him also interrupting those travelers, those disciples walking to Emmaus to interrupt their journey, to interrupt their understanding and to provide them with faith and peace. Today, after four weeks of resurrection experiences, the lectionary looks back. It pulls back several chapters to chapter 10 of John. And we have this wonderful reading in John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. Hear now the reading of the good news with this image of sheep and the shepherd, flocks and predators. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. And this is the Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now this is a wonderful and powerful passage. It's one of the I Am sayings in the Gospel of John. I am the Good Shepherd, Jesus tells His disciples. But to really get an understanding of what's happening here, to get a bigger picture, a broader view, we need to read a little further. 
we have to kind of get a little more context on what's happening, where this is happening, when this is happening, and what Jesus might be saying in a fuller sense. Certainly, he's laying claim to being the good shepherd, the shepherd of the flock, like the psalmist lays claim for the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. But there's more going on here. There's a lot more going on here. If we go further into the Gospel of John, in that 10th chapter, if we pick up with verse 22, we get a better idea of the context. Verse 22 tells us, At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Here, John is giving us a little more information that paints a broader, a deeper picture of what's going on. We can now picture Jesus offering this teaching in the porticos on this porch of Solomon, on the Temple Mount, in a particular time of year, the festival of the dedication. Now, to understand this, we have to go back and understand what the festival dedication is. And that is, this, this recalls and celebrates that in 164 BCE, the Jewish revolt finally triumphs over the Greek rulers, the Seleucids. And Antiochus Epiphanes IV is the Greek ruler at the time. And, and this man was a brutal ruler and had shamed the people had desecrated the temple. Antiochus Epiphanes IV turned the temple, this holy place, into a temple for, for Zeus, offered sacrifices on the altars to Zeus. And this was more than the people could take. And they revolt. They rise up against the Seleucids, against this dynasty. And after years of fighting, in 164, they win the revolt. They retake the city. They rededicate the temple. They rededicate the altars. And this is the occasion. This is the festival that celebrates and remembers this history this occasion. And this is where we find Jesus. This is when we find Jesus. Walking on this temple mount as the celebration of the rededication of the temple is occurring. He begins to talk about being the good shepherd. The one who will not abandon the flock. Who will not leave them to the ravages of the predators and the wolves. Jesus is speaking about kings. Shepherds was language used for kings. Jesus is a king who will not abandon his people. Jesus is the king 
who will not leave his people to the ravages of the world. He will be like a good shepherd who leads and protects, saves and nurtures his people. This is an incredible statement and at an opportune time to say to his disciples, to say to those who would hear, to say to his enemies, to say to the Roman Empire, I am the good king and I will lead my people and I will protect my people. I will guide and nurture my people. I will bring my people together and my people will know me as the sheep knows their shepherd As the flock follows the good shepherd, my people will follow me. This is incredible. This is a huge proclamation, an important proclamation, a daring proclamation. And the scribes and the religious leaders, they didn't like it. They didn't like it at all. In fact, we are told they wanted to take Jesus out of the city gates and kill him by stoning him. They had had enough. They had heard all they needed to hear. But the time was not right. The time of fulfillment was not yet here. But he tells them what it's going to look like. When the time is to be fulfilled... He will lay down his life on his own accord. No one will take it from him. He's the good shepherd. In the Gospel of John, as we read through the Gospel of John, we have a cosmic Savior who is in complete and total control of all things that happen to him, through him. In the Gospel of John, Jesus lays down his life. He gives it up on his own accord. It's not taken from him. He offers it. As a good shepherd offers his life for the sheep, Jesus offers his life for us. That's, a, that's, that's a, an incredible story that's taking place. It's a story that I claim for myself. In my own understanding, in all of my experiences, and in all of my history, in all of my education, I lay claim to this truth. And it makes sense to me, for me, particularly to me. It's my story. You have your story. You have your experience, your education, your losses, your gains. Your truth. Now there's this wonderful uh, visual imagery that Richard Rohr uses. He's not the only one that uses this imagery. He just lays claim to it and uses it for theological purposes. It's called the cosmic egg. Have you ever heard of the cosmic egg? I hadn't either until I started reading a little bit about Richard Rohr. Thanks to Kristen for introducing it to me. But this is an incredible thing. If you'll draw on your note sheet there, you'll, if you'll draw a circle and put in that little circle, my story, that's the yolk of the egg. That's your experience. That's your understanding. It's your truth. It's your story. Only you have it. I have my story. We all have our my stories. 
They help us make sense of the world. But we all have different experiences. And we all make sense of the world differently. There's another circle that's bigger than that circle. That one's called our story. So if you think about how we fit into different groups, how we fit into churches, how we fit into political parties, into alumni clubs, schools, you name it, all kinds of groups, it becomes our story. It's an important story. It helps us make sense of the world as we have shared experiences with others. My shared experiences are not the same as your shared experiences, but we do have a shared experience, so we are in this broader circle together. That's our story. The truth that we experience the world together. But there's another story. There's a broader circle. And that's called the story. And the story is made up of all the my stories and all of the our stories. And it's made up into the truth, the, the prevailing truth, the, the truth that always occurs. It is absolute. No matter of my story or our story, the absolute truth, that is the story. That is God's story. That's the divine truth. And we all are part of it. That story, the story, God's truth, the absolute truth, challenges our boundaries. It can challenge our story while at the same time giving us a sense of belonging within God's story. And that's maybe what Jesus is talking about in this passage when he tells the disciples that I have other sheep who are not part of this flock. But I will be the shepherd, the one shepherd of the one flock. So if we think about Jesus teaching his disciples and anyone who would listen, in the porticos and porches of the Temple Mount on the festival, the festival of dedication, we hear Jesus proclaiming that he is the good king of not just my story, not just me, and not just our story, not just us. But he's the king of the story, of all of us. And when we let that sink in, we begin to understand that our boundaries are being exploded. That Jesus and God and the absolute truth is that our boundaries can't hold the whole story. They can inform us of the whole story. Our my stories can inform us of the whole story. But our story and my story are too small to hold the story, the divine and absolute truth. But we know this, that whatever the story and the absolute truth is, we are included. And not just us. The people who are not like us, who don't belong to the same groups, who don't belong to the same parties, who don't belong to the same worlds, small worlds that we inhabit. God's story is big enough. God's truth is broad enough to include us all. 
And that is the good news. And the good news is that we have a good shepherd who values all of the my stories and speaks to all of the my stories. And we have a good shepherd who brings all of the my stories to the our stories and speaks to the our stories to bring us, to reveal to us the divine story. So the second chance offered to the disciples and to the world as Jesus proclaimed and taught at the festival of dedication is that the whole world has a second chance because the whole world is included in the divine story. That's the good news. And so may we, as we depart this time and this place and go about the rest of our week, consider what our boundaries are. What are the barriers that keep us from moving to different our stories, to include other our stories? As we reach further and further into God's story. So go forth from this hour and this time to embrace the identity of my story, your story. That you are a member of the family of God. And that brings us to our story as the flock of the Good Shepherd knowing that there are others from other flocks being brought into the fold. That is the good news for us today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.